Hello Internet, my name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And in this week's Screen Verdict podcast, we're going to be reviewing the film The Adventures of Tintin. And The Curse of the Black Pearl. <laughs> no, that's the, art, that's a pirate's movie. And The Search for the Unicorn, or yes. something. Mm. Some long film titles these days. Yeah. Just get to the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also long movies nowadays as well. <laughs> Hopefully not long podcasts. Let's get to the yeah. point. <laughs> okay. Well, what are your thoughts on Tintin? I liked Tintin as a as a kid. I, I don't remember it too much. I don't think it was one of my favourites. I think I watched a little bit of the TV series and picked up the, the comic books from time to time. Mm-hmm. I was intrigued to see the film, but I wasn't one of those people that was like, oh, this will bring me back to my childhood. They better do it justice. I didn't I didn't have a lot riding on the film, I suppose. Uh, I think I probably liked it a bit more than you as a kid. Like, I read some of the books. I really enjoyed the animated series on TV. But at the same time, it wasn't something that... Uh, I, I felt really invested in either. Like, it's not like, oh man, that's my favourite thing from my childhood that they better not screw up. So <laughs> I, I think we went into it quite similarly with some fond memories, but not really much invested. I think it's probably worth telling the podcast listeners we did not see this film uh, together, just for those keeping score at home. <laughs> I went and saw it with some friends. At least you didn't see it alone this time. Yeah. Well, um, I didn't get a chop top this time either. Oh, no. Um, not because of the money. <laughs> I'd had a bad experience with a chop top the week before. Oh, and you love the chop top. I know. I, and I'd been, it's the first time I got one since my Melbourne Cup loss. <laughs> I thought, okay, I've made up the money for the Melbourne Cup loss and I got a special double mint chip chop top. So I was there. It's in the cinemas. Uh, we're taken out. A, a, I, I lead at a youth group, and we took out a bunch of the year 12 uh, youth kids that had just finished up school, took them out to the movies. I'm sitting there, and then the movie started, and I realized I haven't opened my chop top yet. So I've got to <laughs> open it out of that plastic bag, right? Got to get it out of the plastic bag. <laughs> yeah. But it's quite hard to get undone. So I'm doing it, and I'm trying to do it quietly because the movie started. Eventually, like, it opens, but the... Ice cream goes flying out of the bag and lands on the floor. <laughs> and and you've saved up so long. For yeah, this I know. <laughs> We've got all the all the you kids sitting in front of me, and just as it slips out, now I saw it doesn't usually swear, <laughs> but just as it slips out, I went, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, the other leaders sitting next to me looked at me like, "How could you say that?" And like one of the kids turned around, "Oh, what happened?" <laughs> I dropped my chop top. (laughs) (laughs) I picked it up off the floor and ate it. (laughs) But it was too stressful to get one again. But given that you're going to see Tintin, a kid's movie, you couldn't really risk (laughs) uh, saying that again, dropping one of them. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about your chop topless Tintin (laughs) experience. Mm. Yes. Uh, what What is Tintin about? Well, there's this uh, kid called Tintin, and he's uh, a journalist, writing uh, stories about interesting adventures that he goes on, uh, it, it appears, and he's got a dog. And it seems like the dog's probably his only friend, correct? It seems to be the only person he ever spends any time with, and it's not a person. Yeah, people don't like those overachievers. Yeah. Like, oh, wonder kids, solving crimes, traveling the yeah, world. writing stories about it, yeah. Yeah, your, your chop top stories will probably seem a bit boring yeah. <laughs> to him, you know, uncovering like a secret crime syndicate. Yes, exactly. So, yes, so he's doing that and he buys a boat because he wants a toy boat or a model boat. 
and he gets the boat, and all of a sudden, there's a lot of interest in this boat. <laughs> some American comes up and offers to pay double for it. Then some sinister guy rocks up, and he sort of goes, uh, pretty much gives Tintin a blank check for this boat. He goes, I'll pay whatever you ask. Tintin picks up on the little clues that this boat might be worth more <laughs> than it uh, is. From this whole boat thing, a whole adventure springs up. And Tintin goes along for the ride. He meets some people along the way. That's pretty much it. I can tell from the way you're saying it, you're excited yeah. about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. About the origins of this boat, what secrets yeah. Yeah. this boat holds. Yeah, it's a mystery, it's an adventure, and I, I like these things. It is a little bit of a simple story. It does just boil down to what are the what are the secrets that we can uncover yeah. from this. But having said that, this story does move along quite quickly. Yeah. It brings up questions and resolves them and uh, asks new questions. Yes. To keep you like going along the story, even though there isn't really that much to it. Yes, I'd agree. Should we talk about a few of the characters now? Yeah, Tintin meets uh, a few interesting people along the way. I want to first talk about the character of Tintin. Okay, Tintin himself. Yeah. Um, himself. It's a yeah. inner journey. Yes. Uh, this Tintin guy, uh, like, it seems like he, like, on his wall he's got plenty of cutouts of adventures he's been on and things like that. It did not seem like he was the cleverest guy at the beginning of the film. <laughs> seems like he's making a lot of rookie errors. <laughs> like, there's a lot of interest in this boat, Right. A lot of people want it, and people who look like they'll spare no expense to get their hands on this boat. And he just leaves his house, doesn't even hide the boat, leaves it like in the middle of the table, in view of the window. Seems like you wouldn't be doing that. That just doesn't make any sense. And then like, he thinks he finds his stolen boat later on in the film, and then the guy's like, no, it's a second boat and Tintin's like no no not buying that because I left it on my table and my dog no oh it broke <laughs> and I turned to the person next to me and I said he really didn't just forget that the boat broke because <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty memorable thing that happened and it wasn't that long ago in the movie yeah, it was like <laughs> two minutes ago even in Tintin land it was like that day yeah yeah <laughs> The, his whole actions after that had been around finding this broken boat. So, he seemed like an idiot. <laughs> Didn't he? Like, he just... Look, there are things that I liked about Tintin. I'll maybe start with him. I yeah. liked his hair. Yeah. I thought they did a good job of capturing the, uh, yeah. the Tintin hair. Yeah, no, that's cool. In some ways, he was pretty badass. Because he, he, he carried a gun, he knew how yeah. to use it. He, yes. He, uh... Put up a pretty good showing in some of the fight scenes. Yeah, and, it, like, he could run fast and slide on things. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was pretty cool when it, there were action scenes. Yeah. But when the action scenes were to conclude, he never ended them with a cool one-liner. Yeah. <laughs> like I wanted my sort of action Tintin yeah. to do. Yeah. He himself was a little bit... Timid? Yeah, I, I was I was thinking of that's a good word. I was trying to mm. think of something not quite lame because he's not lame, but yeah. just a bit mm. plain. Yeah, I don't think that was the the performance. Uh, Tintin's voice by Jamie Bell, you might know from Billy Elliot. No, didn't see Billy Elliot. No, 
Uh, he's also a film that I quite liked. It's called The Chum Scrubber. People called it a bad rip-off of Donnie Darko, but I yeah. liked it. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of hearing people go on about how much they love Donnie Darko. <laughs> so... But yeah, I think it was, it was probably how he was written. Yeah. Uh, I thought, though, like, the two policemen are meant to be the idiots, and, like, the sea captain's meant to be the drunk. Like, I did think Tintin was meant to be the brains of the operation. I've really been a while since I've seen Tintin, but I thought Tintin was meant to be the smart one of the group, so when he's, like, not remembering sort of key plot points of the movie, I was a little disappointed. Yeah, I thought that was mildly forgivable because it was usually used to push the story along yes, somehow. Okay, yeah. I think I was mainly disappointed that Tintin wasn't a little cooler. Yeah. I like, don't think he's meant to be a cool guy, Tintin. Yeah, I guess you're not that cool when you're uh, so socially isolated. Yeah. Too cool to have any friends ends yeah. up being not cool. Yeah. Here's the uh, here's the thing I found probably the worst part of the movie, and that was the first 20, 30 minutes when Tintin has no interaction with people, really. Uh, so what we have is him either talking to himself or his dog about every thought that's going on in his head. In the film, there are a couple of lines that that stood out to me as being quite unnecessary. Some of them relate to what you're saying about him just saying things out loud that Mm. about what just happened or what he's thinking, such as, how could I be so blind? They're these kind of cliche lines that come up and are a bit irritating. Some of the similar ones were, we can't turn back, not now. Yeah. It was strange because they weren't there constantly throughout the film. Mm. They were there, there was maybe four or five of them, mm. which stuck out a lot to me. You'd think they would have stuck out when making the film. Yeah. They just had to drop a few of these in order to make yeah. the film flow much better, I think. It's sort of uh, something we talked about with Dexter the other week, how Dexter says too much in his head, <laughs> uh, says too much to himself or to his imaginary friend, Harry. Uh, and if they just scaled that back a bit, what he did say would have a lot more oomph to it. And I think with Twilight, we were also talking about this sort of exposition problem (laughs) of it's generally good not to over-explain plot and what uh, people are thinking. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say we might be over-explaining our problem with the exposition. (laughs) (laughs) I think a podcast would be different than a movie. But yes, fair enough. It did seem like they were talking down to us a little bit, uh, the the writers of Tintin. There's a scene where there is something in a case of bulletproof glass. (laughs) Uh, And I feel like they really wanted to make sure we knew that the glass was bulletproof. (laughs) Just in like, that was very important uh, because there are about two or three camera shots that zoomed in on the logo <laughs> for never break bulletproof glass. <laughs> and I thought every time they showed it, I thought, yeah, I know that. Tintin said it was bulletproof glass <laughs> three minutes ago when he was explaining to people where the thing is. It was in the brochure that Tintin read out loud. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have thought saying it would have been enough. Never break would have been enough. Never break bulletproof glass. I think we've got it by then. And no one even tried to shoot it either. 
Like, it's not like... There were no bullets involved. Yeah, like, it's like someone shot it and people go, hey, why didn't that break the glass? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, they didn't explain properly that it was bulletproof glass. So it really didn't... We could have never been told that was bulletproof glass, and I don't think we would have really had a problem with the plot there. Anyway, what about some of the other characters in the film? We have Captain Haddock. Yeah. He sort of joins up with Tintin and Snowy. Yes. At first, I thought he was the comic relief. He's this. Mm. He's constantly drunk. He yeah. has quite a few this slapstick moments, silly yeah. lines. Mm. By the end of the film, it almost turns into his film. Yeah. We follow his story and his relation to the uh, the mm. secrets of the of the ship. Yeah. Uh, perhaps more so than Tintin. Mm. I generally liked him as a character. I thought he was he's quite funny. I suppose he was a little childish at times. The the burping and the bad breath. I didn't find that funny. There was one very strange moment where I think he makes a bestiality joke and no one in the cinema laughed. Yeah. It was very yeah, strange yeah. for a kid's film. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but generally, I uh, enjoyed Captain Haddock. Yeah, I think some of the stuff I found a bit hard, like when he was sober, like he didn't have any memory, and when he was, like, drunk, he went crazy. And, like, I found that a little bit jarring but other than that yeah no he's a good character my favorite characters in the movie were uh thompson and thompson <laughs> the two detectives i would have liked to see more of them thompson and thompson played by uh, simon Pegg and nick frost yes from hot fires Shaun of the dead mm. paul yeah uh which i'm a big fan of i think the writing for them was good but i think the delivery yes. definitely helped and I, I remember from the animated show, they were my favourite characters in that too. They were always good value, those two. Then we have the the bad guy in mm-hmm. the film. Yeah. Uh, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Didn't you think that Saccharin was this spitting image of Steven Spielberg? <laughs> Oh, okay. I thought you didn't like uh, Steven Spielberg's direction. <laughs> that you were well, well, I'll get to Spielberg. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I thought that he, was so He strange. did look a bit like him, <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't know if that was some kind of in-joke. I really couldn't get it. The first sort of 30, 40 minutes of the film, I just could not stop picturing this as Spielberg. Yeah, uh, yeah he was an alright villain. Like, he was pretty bad. Voiced by Daniel Craig. Yeah. There's some uh, back history story to uh, this character, which I won't spoil what it is, but it involves revenge, um, and and it's a bit of a backstory. Uh, The one thing I never got about this character was when the only person who could really give him this backstory died before he would have had the chance to tell this character that backstory. So I don't know how this character found out the backstory. (laughs) Have I explained that okay? Yeah, I understand what you mean. I think it could have been someone might have witnessed it, passed it on to a family member or something, and it was passed down. This seems a little bit hard to believe (laughs) because it wasn't like in the most public of places (laughs) where the person died. It wasn't like there were heaps of people standing around watching. (laughs) But anyway, small nitpick. (laughs) He was a pretty good villain. I didn't find the backstory that interesting. What I did actually like was the editing between the present storyline and the backstory. Okay, yeah. The visual ways that the the story was told, and mm-hmm. they would go, yeah, back and forth. The parallels yeah. between them. Mm-hmm. I thought that was some, yeah, some very nicely done editing. Mm. 
No, that was good too. I've heard this film described as one long action scene. <laughs> and I sort of see where that comes from. Yeah, for the first half, I thought, man, the pace is up. You know, a lot of action. This is, the film's really, really going. Then it kind of continued that for the whole film. And by the end, I was kind of like, well, they've just kind of replaced story with action. It's actually a bit of a, a thin plot. Yeah. And they've kind of filled up the two hours with mm. lots of action scenes. Yeah. So even though they had less impact towards the end, I thought the quality of the action scenes was quite good. Yeah. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Steven Spielberg. I've liked some of his films, mm. not all of them. I sort of understand some of the criticisms, a bit his films are overly sentimental or yeah. rely on this action. I think, though, in Tintin, it's a film where the action should be allowed to take sort of precedent. Yeah, or, no, I'd agree with that. Or just feature prominently in the film, because yeah. it is an adventure, and yeah. I think the way he directed these action scenes mm. were, were exciting and, and yeah. enjoyable. Mm. And they worked particularly well because of the graphics. I thought the animation in this film was excellent. The, yeah. the detail and the faces, mm. particularly the physics of the of the characters, the movements. Often mm. when you see people run or jump, they punch someone, it looks a bit off. Mm. Whereas in, in Tintin, I mm. thought it looked very human-like. It yeah. was, I was I was very impressed with the, some of the technical aspects in the film. I'd agree with that. Oh, the direction. I thought I I really enjoyed the action scenes. I agree. It sort of this is a world where there's it's an adventure where there's lots of action, and that's what you want to see in Tintin. <laughs> so I I really enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, we don't want to spoil the ending, but I think it's been a bit of a talking point how it ended. The one thing it reminded me of was uh, Back to the Future, where uh, the Doc ends the ends of the movie with the Doc going to Marty. Marty, we're in trouble. We're going to go back to the future. And I just, it ends there. <laughs> yeah, I suppose there is a conclusion to the story in Tintin, but it does look like it's clearly setting up another Tintin film. Yeah. Which I sort of picked with about 10 minutes to go. I think, or oh, there's, there's not going to be time for them to wrap this up. <laughs> I feel like they're going to, they're going to end with uh, setting up, setting up another film. So I wasn't too annoyed by it. Yeah. I thought the, the the ending was done okay, but I know a lot of people people in the cinema were a little disappointed with the with the ending. Yeah, so just just beware of that. In the cinema, when it ended, I went, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> but I was joking. <laughs> Should we give our verdict, John? Yep, let's go to our, our screen verdict. I'll I'll go first. Just... Okay, do it. I think it went by quite quickly. It is a reasonable pace to the film. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the action. I enjoyed most of the characters. I thought the the bad guy could have been a bit more bad or interesting. Yeah. Tintin wasn't as cool as I wanted him to be, but I, I still liked Jamie Bell's performance. I think it was let down, surprisingly, by the script. This script was written by, among others, uh, Edgar Wright, who mm. uh, wrote and directed... Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, yeah. Hot Pilgrim. Yeah. So I was expecting quite a lot from the script, and mm. I thought this was where what let the film down, the story and just moments of kind of cheesy dialogue. Yeah. I didn't particularly enjoy the ending, but I could see, you know, why the studio might want want the opportunity for a second Tintin film yeah. if, if this was profitable. Mm. I think it was fun, worth my time. I'm fairly glad I used a free ticket to see <laughs> the film. I think kids will enjoy it. I'll give this film a 6 out of 10. Okay. 
I enjoyed this film. It was a lot of fun. Definitely got to relive a bit of childhood watching Tintin. Um, I thought the action was quite good. The adventure was fun. I thought it was directed quite well. Again, scripts. Like, I, I think the exposition for the first 30 minutes was just clunky and awful. I felt like they were talking down to me a little bit. I'll give it six and a half. A money ball out of ten. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> so there we go. We've actually had a bit of podcast feedback. We love the feedback. We love getting the feedback. You actually came to my church for Christmas Eve and uh, a few people... Um, Started handing out the business cards. Yeah. <laughs> you might have plugged the podcast the whole evening. Well, quite a few people recognised you from the podcast. Yeah, I felt uh, like a bit of a celebrity. Yeah, someone said that she just turned your voice and she uh, <laughs> picked you from the podcast. <laughs> So that was good. I've had some feedback saying the intro is not very good and we need a theme song. <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, I wouldn't mind a, a theme song, a bit of intro music to the podcast. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'm, I'm rel- sure we're going to be making profit from the podcast soon, so we can't yeah. just use some copyright material. Yes. This, we, don't want, yes. we don't want to lose those profits in a, yeah. in a, in a <laughs> lawsuit yeah. when we become big. Yeah, I, I agree that I, I think we need, we can't just use a song that someone else <laughs> has the rights to. <laughs> I think that wouldn't go well. Should we, uh, should we, I think if people come up with a song and they want to send it in to us, that would be fine. If anyone listening to the podcast happens to make music, if you're a musician yeah. of some kind... This person who gave me the suggestion actually write songs as a hobby on the side. They didn't offer a song, just their criticism. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll go see if they are happy to write us a song. But I'll make it clear that just because they write a song doesn't guarantee it will be a song. <laughs> no, but if you'd like to have your music yeah. featured on the Screen Verdict podcast... And we'd let people know that it was your music. Yeah, no, we'll give you credit. Uh, for sure. Yeah, Whatever uh, credit you would like. If you want us your first name, if you want your full name, if you want some pseudonym or something, we'll, whatever name you would like. If that sounds like you, then just hit, hit us up on the Screen Verdict Facebook page with uh, your ideas. Yeah. This person also said they much preferred the podcast when they were listening to jazz music at the same time. So she wondered if we could just have jazz music in the background of our podcast. So if you were planning on doing a jazz-themed intro, it would please one of our listeners, but yeah. uh, we'll consider all, <laughs> all types of, of music for the intro. We'll get, um, <laughs> we've got a friend, Bass, who plays the saxophone. Could just get him in to play a bit of the saxophone with us while we're podcasting. He could stick around. It could be like our uh, Paul Schaefer. Yeah. Just laugh at our jokes. Yeah. Make some cheesy contributions <laughs> of his own. Yes. <laughs> so that'd be good. Oh man, something disastrous happened last night. I was at a friend's place. We were watching some episodes of Community, and um, someone grabbed my phone. Right? Yeah. Have a joke. And he texted a girl in my phone, "I love you." <laughs> I was pretty annoyed. Uh, was it just "I love you"? Yeah. At, like, 3 a.m. in the morning. That's good, because it could realistically just you be drunk. Yeah. I know. If it was overly long and offensive, they'd probably realise, oh, this is someone doing a joke. Yeah. But just, I love you, 3 a.m. Yeah. Could be a drunk drunk love text. So I had to do damage control, (laughs) like, with this. Yeah. Like, I just don't get why someone would do that. 
<laughs> and what what do you say? Like, I find it hard to know exactly the response because you know, like you 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 don't want to be too like. Well, I would never like you are <laughs> you are. It's so laughable that anyone would love you. Like you know, you can go too far on the ante, yeah. but then you don't want to like you want to put any thoughts or any sort of like. Things to rest straight away. <laughs> so a bit of a quandary. Doesn't make you look very good either way. Yeah, it's very, it's very high school. Oh no, I'm so sorry. Steve took my phone. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's being so oh, so stupid. That Steve. I hate that Steve. Yeah, yeah. It was very, uh, very tough to know how to deal with this. <laughs> do you want me to read you the text I sent, and you can tell me it was right? I think to do. We can get the listeners to give feedback, yeah, give feedback on how to go, go about this. How do you this. go about this? this would be Damage control. <laughs> Damage control for some idiot who just... Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. Okay, as he said, I replied to this straight after. Sorry, my mate took my phone and started messaging people. Yeah, it's good because it's fairly non-specific. It's not emotional. You were saying it was to other people. So you're all on the end of this hoax, not yeah. just, he knows I like you, therefore he messaged specifically you. Yeah. If you include other people in it. <laughs> yes. It makes it seem like less of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable response. Yeah. So yeah, you can let us know what you think uh, Matt's follow-up should be if, if you think he needs one. Yeah. I'll also send a Facebook message. Oh, it's a little desperate. Is that... <laughs> <laughs> I also emailed her, left a voice message on her home phone. <laughs> Went round to her house. She wasn't there, but I spoke to the dad. <laughs> I just felt I could give it a bit more context than I could in the text message. That yeah. was a very emergency, quickly sent, in case the original message woke her up and she read it before she had time to process it. Text message was the emergency damage control. The Facebook message, I could be a bit more... Okay, this is what happened. That, uh, the, uh, the, is that okay? That's, okay. that's fine. <laughs> I said in that one, he used the for the love, that stupid arrow with the three next to it. Lame. Yeah, and I said, I was most embarrassed about uh, anyone thinking that I would ever use <laughs> an arrow with a three next to it. Could you clarify that? Yeah. That's the most important thing to... Uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. Squash. Yeah, I I do not use emoticons. I do not use any of these stupid things with symbols. I'll just write a word. If I, if I am in love with you and I want to send you a text message saying that I love you, that that's if that's what I feel like is the best way to profess this love... It's definitely going to be using the word love and not narrow with a three. <laughs> so there's a tip for all the ladies out there. Tip for you probably shouldn't be in a text message. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, should we reference the new year? Because this will actually be... We, yeah. We'll post this. And happy new year to <laughs> you, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone might not celebrate new year, Matt. <laughs> Keep your New Year's opinions, beliefs to yourself. Yes. Um, wasn't last night fantastic? Oh, man. The bridge. 
They outdo like, themselves what? every They're year. Put up on the first. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, wasn't that amazing? That New Year's celebration this week. Boy, <laughs> they outdo themselves each year, don't they? Man, there's a flower on the bridge. Wouldn't ever get that. <laughs> Well, I think that sounds like a podcast uh, to me. Sorry for taking up a bit of time talking about my personal problems or my douchey friends. Yeah, hopefully you don't encounter that problem or douchey friends in the new year. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I obviously need to get some new friends. Like they will criticise the podcast and send messages to people on my phone. That'll be your New, new Year's, Year's resolution. resolution. <laughs> get better friends. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we hope you enjoy your new year and maybe let us know your uh, new year's resolutions on the uh, yeah. Facebook page. And in all seriousness, I am very thankful for all my friends. And, um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to give new year's thanks to my friends here and nowhere else. Cause if they listen to the podcast, it means they are a friend. And if they don't listen to the podcast, yeah. well, <laughs> yes, that's their fault for missing out. Yeah. So have a good one guys. And uh, we'll yeah. catch you guys next week. Yeah. Have a good one. Bye.